Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Extra Rounds podcast here on the Sports Illustrated MMA Facebook page. This week, we are joined by a very, very special guest, one Jose Shorty Torres, the second, yeah, the tall guy in the middle, <laughs> the, the first ever twice in studio guest in fan sided or an extra round first time i get to be here for it though last time i was i was i was sick for it i was like who is this guy (laughs) i just wanted to be i'm a fan they they, uh, (laughs) just met for the first time um but anyways it's a pleasure to have you in the studio thank you so much for uh coming by a second time we really appreciate it been shaking your hand your guy's hand with like my left hand now because of my broken hand but uh overall man it's 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 cool you know i'm in the neighborhood plus since i'm injured I'm, i'm just trying to keep my hype up promote myself as much as possible and do as much as i can to just in a sense stay active yeah this is the uh, second time you've um or you this is the second time you come into the office but it, you this is the second time you've won a belt and in your title fight you broke your hand in like what the second round it was no i first round? uh the first hand or the first round is probably the worst round you could ever really think of of what happens in a fight i got dropped i got guillotine got out when I got dropped, I tore my right MCL, and then I tried to retaliate, and I punched wrong, and I broke my hand. So that was all in the first round. And then four more rounds, I ended up picking up the pace more and still winning the fight, which is nice. Yeah, it's a good thing. I mean, the UFC said they wanted me to come back from adversity. It shows you something yeah. about yourself, that's for sure, yeah. This is technically the UFC's fault. There you go. <laughs> You're sending the bill. This is, this, is, this, is why they, this is why they haven't called me yet. They just don't want to, they don't want to have this awkward conversation. <laughs> And I promised you when you came in, I was like, they give a second, uh, a second belt when you win, or at least that's how they do it yeah. in the UFC. Have you gotten your second belt? I noticed so, you only have one. I man. only have one, which is funny because when I first won this belt, I'd go to my sponsors after my fight. They're like, oh, dude, we saw your fight. You did awesome. Uh, where's the belt? And I was like, oh, see, they're custom making it. It takes a couple months, but uh. they're, they're making it just for me. They're like, okay, cool. Well, it's nice seeing you. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, cool. So... Now I go to sponsors with one belt. They're like, "Where's the other belt?" Like, oh, you guys are picky, man. Promotions got to get picky. it together, man. So, they got to be ready. We wouldn't have had enough space. So, on the but everything, table, everything's <laughs> custom made. So that's something that that's, that's cool. That's special by Titan FC. Hmm. They don't just give you, oh, like here's a, another belt that your other champion has. We're giving you a belt with your name on it. Oh, that's right. cool. So, that's something that the WWE does that I think yeah, makes it really unique. And that's, that's something that's, that's really different. cool. That uh, I know I didn't notice it last time, but I noticed this time that there was the Jose Shorty Torres like side. What, I don't even know what you call it. Like the just belt a little side plate. Yeah, side plate. it was yeah. real cool. You know, it's at least I know if somebody steals it. They have my belt. <laughs> yeah. Now we kind of jumped right into the conversation, but before we really got started, we wanted to take a moment to remember uh, Brian Leverick, who was you know King Love Communications. He worked with a lot of fighters and a lot of promotions, often pro bono. Uh, he was he was worked with a lot of Titan fighters, yourself included. Mm-hmm. Um, and he passed away kind of unexpectedly and unfortunately recently. And uh, while, we're, while we're talking, before we get started on that, I wanted to say that there is a GoFundMe page dedicated to helping raise family, uh, money for his family. It was started by Lex McMahon, uh, the COO of mm-hmm. Titan. And I think that just kind of goes to show his character and uh, the kind of the family that they have at Titan that he would go mm-hmm. out of his way to do that. Um, they're almost halfway to their goal, which is, is an incredible feat in you know just under a week, it yeah. seems like. Um, so we put the link in the comments below on the Sports Illustrated MMA Facebook live stream. So during the show, if you can go and donate, um, we really appreciate it. Uh, we might even give away a shorty uh, Torah signed poster for people who donate and then maybe tweet at Jose yeah. or follow tweet. At- yeah, tweet, follow Jose Shorty Torres, pretty much everything. Shorty Torres 125 on Twitter. And guys, just 
it's it's you know a big thing. I King Lev wasn't just a you know, he wasn't just a PR guy that was supposed to work for me because they were hired by Titan. He pretty much was was a friend. You know, he worked for me for free, giving me stuff in between fights, and pretty much we, I, Lou and I call him King Lev Connections because <laughs> he introduced me to Lou. He introduced me to a couple other people. If it wasn't for Brian, I wouldn't have the opportunities I have now. You know, the biggest things like the belt and the tables, the flyweight belt. If I wouldn't have met Lou, I wouldn't have gotten the chance hmm. to cut down because I was like, you know what, I'm a 35, I don't want to cut down to 25. I was traumatized in college, and then I met Lou. I was like, fine, I'll come down to 25. It's the easiest thing and, and the best thing I could have ever wow. chose. You know, so if it wasn't for Brian introducing me to Lou and, and so many people, I made so many friends because of it. You know, I, I technically met you guys because of you know King Lev. Yeah. You know, and it's it's really helped my career out a lot. And if it wasn't for him, again, I wouldn't have had all the people wouldn't know my name all across the world. You know, the world, not just Chicago or Cicero, but all around the world. And it's it's really awesome to know that. So Brian Levick, again, he was a super loyal person. Like he would actually get mad of anybody like. The slightest remark if they talked about Titan, Shamrock, or any other promotion he worked for. He's like, ah, you can't do an interview with them. Like, I'm loyal. I'm like, okay, fair enough. You know, you're helping me out a lot. It's cool, man. But he was, he yelled at me a lot, but it was all for good reason. But uh, no, nah, he's, he's a cool guy. And um, actually, his wake was yesterday. His, his funeral was today. Wow. And, you know, we, we appreciate all the donations. It helps his family. He left uh, his wife and two kids behind, and he was, the, you know, the breadwinner of the household. So that's why we're asking for $20,000 of, you know, the funeral expenses and then the immediate care of his family because it's, again, it was, he passed away, I believe, a heart aneurysm. So he just... You know, no pain, which is awesome, but you know, I just—it's very, very unexpected. Yeah, it's—it uh, was definitely a shock. You know, it came a day after I talked to him, and I think mm-hmm. as influential as he was to like fighters, connections is like a good way to think about it. Because if you were a media guy, like if you were a guy who wanted to start out and get your foot in the door in MMA media, and you got in contact with Brian Levick, he was, I think, crucial to getting you started there's a lot of people who were trying to get i think into mma media and found a way in because brian levick helped them mm-hmm. by arranging interviews with fighters and that experience led to um, opportunities down the road because of that kind of you know introduction mm-hmm. and his impact is just incredible yeah it's really it's it's remarkable we you'd mentioned Luis giordano that's that's how uh i met Louis Giordano was through Brian. He's like, hey, you got to talk to this guy. He connected with me, uh, us with him. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was, a, he, was a, he was a wonderful character, too. I think half of, half of my interactions, is not more, if not more with Brian, happened, like, from 11 p.m. onwards. Because the guy was always working. You talked mm-hmm. about him being the lone breadwinner from his family. He was always hustling. He had, like, three or four of what would be considered like full-time jobs yeah. hustling hard for his family Pretty and so difficult. you got to squeeze it in yeah and, and it's it's a i can't even imagine you know the loss is it for them so like really as much as big as twenty thousand dollars sounds and as much money as that is if you can help help because that's a top mm-hmm. in the bucket for what they need you know he's leaving a big big void and, and i hear stories like you were just mentioning yeah all the time every time we talk with someone who knew brian uh, i was talking with my friend brer frazier recently and uh, he had similar stories like he's he's a big personality a big heart and he was loyal yeah. he really did he really did work hard for his people he, he cared about Lou and I a lot when and he would tell us too like if we need to speak up you know he would yell at us to speak up and that's actually why nutrition finally put that post about mm-hmm. uh you know um um Dolce because you know Lou's just like whatever man I don't care like I'm not even gonna deal with it and then um Dolce made that video and so Lou's like man should I post a video I was like you know what 
what would Brian do? And he's like, oh, come on. You can't tell me that. You know what would Brian do? That's, That's interesting. No. That's like awesome. In the, in the credits for the, like the captions for the video he mentions brian yeah which, yeah and that's that's literally because you know people were like oh what would jesus do and i was like what would brian do? <laughs> and it's just like oh, no back hard. yeah so i ended up not forcing lou to to post it but i ended up tweeting a tweet about dolce you know like how he calls um his his former clients friends but then he bashes them when they missed away to get more business i was like man that's weird and then uh, I showed Lou. He's like, oh, well, now I have no choice but to post up the video. I'm not going to leave you out there alone. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's, the, it's the Brian Levick team. I'm That's telling right. you, it was, it was awesome. Right. We're all loyal group. And again, cool. if it wasn't for Brian Levick, man, Lou and I, at least, and I know he's influenced many more people and many yeah. other fighters, but if it weren't for Brian Levick, none of us would you know, have all these networking connections wow. and just be known around the world and it's awesome there's a ton of outpour of support mm -hmm. and stories like that a lot so many people saying how he impacted their careers and their lives it yeah. was it's been like really um touching i mean it's tragic but it's been a good thing to see yeah. in the response um so again we're going to leave that donation link for the gofundme account pinned at the top of the page or top of the comment section and uh you know, please go donate. If you donate and then you tweet at Shorty Torres, say you watched him on the show and that you donated, uh, you don't have to tell how much or anything like mm -hmm. that. Um, that's private information. But uh, we'll pick a winner and, and follow Shorty Torres 125 on Twitter, and uh, we'll pick a winner and we'll send a signed poster to you. Um, so, getting into it, we have one person who's already responded and asked, asked a question. All right. A fan wants a question. His name is, uh, I believe, Miguel. And he said, how would you fare against Mighty Mouse? Um, surprisingly, and I, I actually have been looking at a lot of film because of the whole problem with, you know, TJ Dillashaw is my, my training partner. So um, I was supposed to immediately after my fight, if I was healthy enough, um, to go out there and train with him to help him for the fight. So I was just watching film. I was like, actually, I think I do very well. You know, he does struggle with people walking forward. That is his problem. Like, again, when Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse is a fantastic fighter. I believe he's easily one of the most you know diverse fighters when it comes to technique he does everything but anytime somebody actually pushes the pace on him he struggles a little bit like tim elliott john dodds when they first started fighting joseph benavides when they first fall you know once you push the pace on him you catch him off guard and he has to adapt second third fourth and that's when he starts winning the rounds because he's either tired you out or he's trying to figure you out but with me i think i'm so forward and I just pushed the pace again. Like, I broke my hand, told my MCL, it doesn't matter. Like, I just pushed forward. You know, I got out of a submission. I'm pushing forward. I'm pushing forward. And I, and I actually have technique in boxing. And I have the wrestling defense. And I believe every person that, besides, I believe, you know, Joseph Benavides and Don, uh, John Dotson, every other person's had ma majority, like, one style. You know, Tim Elliott was, was the wrestler. Um, Mayorga was, you know, the, the grappler. Cejudo was the wrestler. You know, all these people that he's fought and beaten, I feel like they were just one style compared to, hey, they might have been forward, but I don't think they're as technical as I am. Yeah. Now, the, one of the interesting things, um, I think, if in a hypothetical matchup between you and Mighty Mouse, is mm -hmm. that you would, like, if you were to come in to the UFC, uh, maybe get a couple fights, you'd still kind of be viewed as this newcomer, which mm -hmm. I don't think is actually accurate when describing you because of your extensive amateur career, <laughs> you know? And, and I think that maybe because because of your amateur career and how many fights you actually have under your belt that it'd be more level in terms of experience than people would give credit to yeah i mean what was it i believe when i fought patron over they're like dude shorty's gonna get killed like he's he's only uh three and oh you know he's three and oh find a, a ufc veteran who's 18 and two and two you know so the guy has 22 
well, probably plus fights depending on what he's done as an amateur. And I was like, whoa, you know, I got 26, you know, 27, I'm at 28 right now. Like, so far I'm pretty close. If you really think about it, yeah, the, the level of competition might be a little different, but yeah. I mean, overall, fights are fights and they're learning experiences. And because of that, that's why I was able to do so well. And even just the guys I've trained with, I've trained with more than three quarters of the UFC flyweight division and probably half of the, the Bantamweight division. So I know what I can do against some of these guys. I just need the opportunity. And Pedro Nelbra and now Farquhar Sherpov for you know, the, um, the visualization of, of what I can do. Now, you, you trained with TJ Dillashaw. When all that stuff was going down with TJ trying to get the fight with Demetrius, mm-hmm. were you kind of like, hey, man, that's my, that's my fight? No. I mean, <laughs> it's, again, I, like Sergio Pettis and, and Brandon Moreno are both good friends of mine. I trained with them both. And I talked to them, actually, pretty a lot. Surprisingly, but they're gonna fight in uh, Mexico City very mm-hmm. soon. More than likely, again, those guys are 22, 23, 24. I'm gonna fight them one day. Whether they get cut from the UFC, we both fight in the UFC, whatever the case may be, like it's business. There's nothing personal. It's just we're all after the same goal. It just so happens we're on each other's way. Like that's just the sport, you know. Same thing with TJ. If TJ bumps down to 25 and inevitably, like we both make it to the top and I have to fight him, hey, so be it. I'll go somewhere else, train, and I have to fight you. It's, yeah. it's just the same thing with. Uh, teammates of uh, American top team ha- eventually having to fight each other and just people from the same country just whatever it's it's a sport do you think TJ would have won I actually yeah I think TJ would have done very well again Demetrius Johnson one hasn't faced a guy who's just diverse as you know some of these fighters and TJ being one of them TJ can push the pace I think I think why DJ did so well against Dominic Cruz was because Dominic Cruz is a defensive fighter and Demetrius Johnson's attack 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 well, TJ is the opposite. He has the same movement as Dominic Cruz, but he's a forward-forward person. So, you know, it depends on who backs up first. Plus, Dominic Cruz won that fight because he had the wrestling. I think TJ has the same type of wrestling, if not even better. So, I think it's a horrible fight for DJ. But, you know, he wants to create history. Let him do what he wants. And, you know, I believe he, he deserves that type of respect. That's just me, though. Right. Now, we kind of touched on this. Early, I feel like all my talking points were blowing through really early, but you brought it. You brought it up. Um, this nutrition Mike Dolce exchange. They, for those of you who don't know, uh, both well-regarded trainers, um, nutritionists in the MMA circle, and uh, there's a little bit of a rivalry. I think just because they're competitors in business, mm-hmm. but it's become increasingly personal. And after Hendricks missed weight, for those of you who don't know, Dolce made this video um, criticizing an unnamed trainer. Uh, because of Hendricks and Hendricks, the trainer he worked with last was Lou Trishan, um, or Lou Giordano. And then Lou responded. Um, and, and I know Lou's a good friend of yours, but what, what's your take watching all this happen? Uh, I actually had to edit it for him. Uh, <laughs> did you really? No, he, he sent me like two, two or three different copies cause he wanted to get it like as perfect as possible. Um, but no, the, the biggest thing about this is, you know, I've known Lou personally and when I was in college, I had such a weight-cutting problem that I would look up the Dolce book because and, and, Dolce was the big dude at the time mm-hmm. of the weight management specialist, and all these fighters had to work with him. Um, so I'd always look up his stuff, but it, weren't, it wouldn't work for me in wrestling because I had to make weight every week. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe it's just you know, the, the diet and the type of sport I'm doing compared to making weight every three months. So I ended up finding Lou and working with him and just personally like, Lou knows his stuff. He's not a nutritionist. He's not a dietitian. He's a weight management specialist. Like, he's certified in multiple things, that being one of them. And he knows what to do, mainly in the sport. I mean, look at Pettis the first time he made 45. You know, he fired, actually, Dolce fired Pettis because he didn't think Pettis was going to make weight. And he's like, ah, I've never had anybody miss weight, so you're fired. You know, so if I'm not working with you, 
I'm not, you know, getting a, a bad rep because you missed the weight. I mean, look at how many guys, even Hendricks has, has had that bad opportunity of having to go to the hospital instead of going to weigh-ins and missing weight. You know, and the hospital is actually a really, really good excuse for a lot of UFC fighters. Oh, we've had an accident, or the guy's just not feeling well, he can't fight, the weight cuts got to him. And they don't weigh in, and it's like, oh, they never missed weight, the, the fight was just called off. So, you know, Dolce's had that in his belt. You know, Dolce's done some, some really, really crazy things of even, hell, he doesn't even cook for his athletes. You know, and then you see all these UFC embedded of, of him cooking something, and he's like, he's been criticized because they've seen him buying food at Whole Foods saying he's cooked it and then brings it to his fighters. You know, so it's like, mm, he has a team, but it's kind of like, uh, I used the example the other day, he's like Steve Jobs with his team. Steve Jobs is a very, very smart man. I'm not discrediting Dolce for that. It's the part of, he doesn't do anything though. He just has all the ideas. He goes, you know what, let's make weight cutting he easier. Here guys team build together brainstorm and i'll put it out there and use my name and that's pretty much what he does he's not really a smart person when it comes to doing it himself but he has the ideas you know and that's why he's so popular mm -hmm. now but you know again it's it's i give credit for awful credit to lou i mean lou even keeps a good relationship with hendrix pattis and all these guys he's worked with that have missed away you know it's hey you know things happen but overall he's kept all of his fighters healthy he's very close guarded he's very quiet about um when issues arise mm -hmm. He doesn't, like, even in personal conversations I've had with him, he won't ever go into details. No. And he keeps everything. And I, I think that really, like, he really kind of respects that, the privacy and the yeah. kind of, like, it's like an, you know, it's an intimate experience going through a weight cut, I think, with somebody. And, um, you know, to point, to your, to your point, when everything was going on with Pettis, uh, or when he was working with Pettis, everything that Pettis went through, and he stood by him when he was, like, his cars were getting set on fire outside no. his house. Like, Lou stayed with him to make no. sure he felt safe in his own home. Um, I think that speaks a lot of volumes for somebody's character. Lou, I'm telling you, Lou's a good guy. Lou will put himself completely out there to, to you know, save me from you know just something really, really bad. And he's again, I call Lou a very, very good friend of mine. But just working with him, and then also being you know just his really good friend when he talks about other clients of like, man, I'm stressed. This guy's not listening, or this guy's this. The biggest thing with Lou, if you ever work with nutrition, all you gotta do is listen. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like when you ask for help, you know, and then you get somebody to go, uh, are you sure I should be doing this? Like, dude, you asked me what you wanted i gave you my answer and now you're questioning it oh come on you know <laughs> so if you ask me for help then you must think i know something then take in what i know do you give him feedback you're like this is the fighter mindset like this is how you got to talk to us he's and i'm the same way so lou, lou and i honestly are like the same person we get run over a little easily you know like it's like um all right shorty you got to do this nah lou i don't want to do it because i'm cranky he goes shorty you got to do it no lou all right, you can do this. Yeah, you know, so he'll he'll change his mind, but now he's you know he's getting more strict and he's really focusing on like, you know, I've had fighters miss weight because they've you know slowly you know kind of um, encouraged me to do something a little different, you know, to make them more comfortable. And then he's like, I shouldn't have done that, but hey, you know that's that's a that's a job, it's a learning experience, you know. So and he's he doesn't want to work with fighters anymore because of the whole you know fighters try to say oh they know everything even though they hired you to tell them everything they should do. Um, but hey, him and I have made you know five straight weigh-ins, you know both at 25, and I, I haven't had a problem. See, I didn't follow the nutrition theory going into my wedding, mm -hmm. which was like you need to stay close to where you're cutting weight to, and it, it was like hard to try and lose weight for the wedding to like fit into clothes. So there's something to it. I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of at that right now. Like Lou's kind of giving me a leeway. He's like, hey man, you fought five times in around one year. Like, 
just enjoy yourself you know take yeah. take your thing and he likes to be 15 pounds away from mm. from your weight class one because the ufc just sometimes does a, a two-week notice you know mm. fight so you're like oh crap i gotta get down and then two honestly it's i mean look at rumble johnson's probably the biggest and best example of of a ufc fighter cutting weight drops on the 170 can't do it you know he would fight well but then he'd tire out mm. that was his biggest problem then at 85 was almost the same reason and then you know he goes to 205 and he's doing phenomenal mm-hmm. it's like Hmm, maybe you have something here. Right. You're fighting at your weight. You're fighting at your best. You know, and anytime he did lose, and he was, you know, uh, back down to lower weights, he lost because he couldn't fight at his best. You know, and that's always that woulda, shoulda, coulda. He hated it. Fighting at two hundred five, if he lost, he just knew the other guy was the better man that day. So, aside from the grace period you're in right now, are you like once your hand gets closer to healing, is it mm-hmm. like I got to drop back down to one forty in case that call comes? Yeah. So actually, I've been doing that now just to like. Just so I can maybe take a fight and have it scheduled sometime later. I don't, I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing really, but when it comes to to being a hundred percent healthier, you know, that's what I'm trying to do is, is change my lifestyle. And that's, you know, why some of these fighters have a big problem making weight too. Is it's a lifestyle, and it the sport is a lifestyle change. Like you can't, like yeah, enjoy the first week after your fight, binge you a little bit. Hey man, you you deserve it. But then you get guys taking last minute fights, and they're 25 30 pounds above their weight class and it's like all right cool i gotta you know crazy lose all this weight and jump in saunas and it's like dude you're just hurting yourself you mm-hmm. might make the weight sure but if you don't finish it in the first round you're really screwed mm-hmm. and that's how it is honestly so lou really preaches a healthy lifestyle and uh it's it's really really cool man i think that's a it's a smart thing and like that's like what one fc is doing they want people coming at their work uh their walking weight it's just a smarter thing to do is like we learn more about the sport yeah, i think that a guy die yeah, um, so they had and that, that. that happened in college. I mean, nutrition's motto is we don't cut weight, we manage it. Mm-hmm. That's all you got to do. I mean, you can still eat. Like, my, my thing is, like, chips, tacos, pizza. Like, sure, man, we all have our our uh, our addicting foods, if you want to say, mm-hmm. uh, which Lou does preach that food is addicting. Yeah. It's a drug at times, you know. So, you know, he's like, hey, man, you can still enjoy what you want to enjoy, but portion it. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to binge eat it. You just enjoy what you have, and that's it. Leave it alone. You don't have to overdo it. Moderation. Some, yeah, and that's something people actually, you know, do a lot. I also wanted to take this time to once again just plug that uh, pin. The pin comment we have right now on the Facebook page is a GoFundMe link to Brian Levick, um, a guy who was important to everybody here uh, who passed away unexpectedly. So make sure to go donate. But right now we're talking to Jose Shorty Torres, two-weight Titan FC champion, somehow still not signed by the UFC. What, what's going on there? They haven't called you? That's <laughs> it. I'm leaving. No, uh, <laughs> man, so... I had the problem with the Pedro Nobre fight. I was like, all right, cool, I'm 18 and two and two. I think the UFC wants me to have a tough fight. I, I bet they want to see a good battle. I beat him, 86 seconds. You know, he's never been knocked out before. So I was like, yeah, I'm the first one to do it. He's a UFC vet. Dude, this is, this is the fight to make. Cool, bump me up. No, you want to see me come back from adversity? I'm sorry, I knocked the guy out in 86 seconds. I thought that's something you want. <laughs> Mainly in the flyweight division, they lack excitement. So it's like, a knockout's excitement, right? And they're like, mm, do it again. It's like, all right, well, instead of fighting Pedro Nobre again or somebody else that's an underdog, let me fight somebody where I'm the underdog. And I ended up being the favorite, which is <laughs> a crazy favorite, which is ridiculous. But then I fought Farquhar Sherpaw, 17-7, and seven, fought Bellator and UFC veterans, and, uh, you know, he's never been finished before. So I'm like, oh, cool. You know, this guy's a champion, too. I get to be the first, you know, two-way class champion for Titan. I do it. I break my hand. I tore my MCL. And they're like, cool, you came back from adversity. Well, have a good day. I was like, what? You know, so they, they called me for the Contender Series that they have in July. Um, which, hey, man, it's a great show. I'm not, I'm not at all, like, saying it's a bad show in, in that case. But 
two things. One, I can't because of my hand and my knee. You know, I'm going to take a couple months. But two, honestly, Conor McGregor was so famous because he did in Cage Warriors. He did that in 14 fights. Mm-hmm. I did that in five fights. And the record of guys I've beaten are 50 and 19, and I'm only 5-0. and 0. You know, so to, to be able to say what I've done so fast, I mean, some guys in the UFC haven't even gotten that close to a record at, at 10-0 and 0 or, or 12-0. and 0. You know, Conor McGregor barely passed it up at 14 fights. You know, so it's like, man, I'm doing something people haven't done before this fast. You know, that's why Usain Bolt's so famous. That's why Lomachenko's so famous because he's gotten a belt and every, you know, championship so fast. That's pretty much what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm trying to be the, the fastest guy in my MMA world, and so far I'm doing it, but I haven't gotten that type of at least – honor or respect yet i wonder let me ask you i've been hearing a lot of rumblings that seem to confirm what demetrius johnson the flyweight champion alleged which is that dana white like in like personally told him i'll hold this whole division hostage i'll scrap it if you don't fight your teammate, your training partner tj dillashaw and then lately i've been hearing from different sources off the record like hey actually uh, I, they're going to try to the UFC is going to try to do something weird to the division like sell off contracts this yeah. and that like not do any fights hold it up blah 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 like I guess what I'm curious to know is have you been talking to them specifically about flyweight do you think if so do you think part of the difficulty is that they don't know what they're doing with flyweight or that they may be getting rid of it uh, I mean like what, what, are, what are you hearing in terms of or what sense are you even feeling about the flyweight division right now you know, a lot of people were telling me, they're like, oh, aren't they, you know, the comments on Instagram, aren't they cutting the flyweight division, you know, because that was one of the threats. You know, honestly, it's, I think, uh, and even TJ said this, it, he just thinks it's Dana White just trying to bully him and, and you know, being hot-headed at times and just saying whatever's on his mind, you know, to, to get Demetrius Johnson to take the fight. It sucks to hear it because it kind of shows the respect he has for the flyweights, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. isn't much, but... I doubt he'd hold a division. You know, it's nothing but guys are going to complain to him about paychecks and stuff like that. It's, and I think it's a tough division. It's just Demetrius Johnson's such a good champion. You know, that's one like when Anderson Silva, when, when he was so dominant, he took out almost the whole weight class. It's almost the same thing. It's just smaller guys. Um, I think they should fight, you know, but that depends on what Demetrius Johnson wants, you know, wants to do. And, again, that's 100% on him. Mm-hmm. You know, if he wants to fight Ray Borg or – Pettis Moreno after who wins or, or bump up to fight Dimitri or uh, TJ or TJ coming down, whatever the case may be. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but for me, you know, I want to fight flyweight. That's my goal. Mm. Um, and I want to bring excitement to the division, but if they don't want me at flyweight, then yeah, hey, I propose a, a bantamweight. I don't mind doing it because I know later on in my life, later on in my career, I do want to go to bantamweight, but you now until then, flyweight, I know for sure is my division. So everyone's like, oh, what about Bellator? Well, Bellator doesn't have a flyweight division. So sorry, guys, if you're going to put that in the comments too. But um, I had a lot of people, what about Bellator? They don't have a flyweight division. Stop it, guys. Like, come on, Troy, just fight welterweight. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, screw it. I guess they're just going to get bigger. And that's crazy because, you know, back in the day, WEC, I think 30, what was it, 45 was the lowest weight class. And then eventually they made 35. Yeah, and then did. the UFC finally made flyweight. So, um, you know, Benavidez and Demetrius Johnson, you know, Benavidez, I've trained with him. You know, for me to say he's tiny, he's tiny, you know. Mm. So, you know, seeing him fight at 35 and even 45, I was like, good for you because there's hmm. been some tough guys, you know. So Tall guys. Um, yeah, that's the only the only fear for us is just the tall guys, guys mm. who know how to use their lane. Mm. You know, so um, oh, I'm hoping for the flyweight division to really start picking up, and I believe it's going to start with the Brandon Moreno-Pettis fight. That's actually, I believe, if I'm correct, the first uh, ever main event for flyweights that's not Demetrius Johnson. Mm. So that's a huge thing. And it's two young guys – 
You know, two yeah. of the shorties, in a sense, coming up and doing their thing, which I'm, yeah, I'm extremely proud of those guys. Those guys have done work. The, the thing about him selling off the flyweight division is, like, he would never do it because the buyer would be Bellator. And that would, be, like, he would just never, like, I feel like UFC finally gave in on the women's divisions mm. for flyweight and featherweight because Bellator was like, well, we'll go after those two divisions because <laughs> you don't have it. And UFC was like, okay, well, now you forced our hand. And I feel like yeah. it's kind of that same. That's interesting. Could be. That's a weird. I don't know what to make of things anymore. Like, I don't, I don't feel Dana White's even going to be in, in there much, much, much longer. And there's a lot, a lot of good indications that the deci- a lot of decisions he used to make are not even in his hands anymore. So, like, I have a real hard time getting a handle on stuff like that because that makes sense a lot to me. Then I'm like, well, maybe I'm not even – Maybe I shouldn't even be thinking about what is, what's in Dana White's mind because maybe it's been taken out of his hands, right. you know, like other things. So but that's certainly, I mean, I, I, I could see that. You He's know. also a guy who said Brock Lesnar wasn't coming back like two days before. It was no, he lied. Yeah. Yeah. Let's be clear. So. Dana White lies a lot. So. Yes, and again, he just, he just says stuff to, it's, it's publicity. You know, it's yeah. promotion. It, it's, it gets people riled up. He's trying up. to hold his cards to his chest. Yeah, and throws and throw other people under the bus at a time, which is which is a crazy. It's a crazy thing. It's crazy to think that like the division doesn't get as much love. There's genuine stars in there. Like Joseph Benavides is only lost to champions in title fights, and then you have a guy like John Dodson who's like incredible and is lost. And then you have um, oh my god, Henry Cejudo, like an Olympic gold medalist that's in that division. Like and Sergio Pettis, Mm -hmm. Duke Rufus says he's the best striker he's ever worked with. And that's like including Anthony Pettis, uh, Sergio Pettis. He's, he's good, man. Him and I actually we dropped each other at the same time, which was really funny. He kicked me in the face, and I punched him in the face, and we both <laughs> fell and looked at each other like, yeah, you know, trying to get up. <laughs> he's he, sparring with him for the first time. He's really, really good when it comes to the stand up. Like he just everything sets up kicks, and you never know where the kick's coming from. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that uh, in Rush Hour Two, like <laughs> you know, Chris Tucker's like, who kicked me? Like that's because you don't know where it came from. Right. So. That's a great visual. <laughs> well, why we got you here, uh, we've been plugging Brian Levick, and that link remains in the comments. But you wanted to talk about something else that you're working on. Oh, um, okay. So the, the biggest thing for me is, you know, growing up, I'm, I'm another shorty is what I like to say, besides being small with a very, very big head. Um, I was, you know, a person that didn't have any money. You know, parents, again, they struggled, but they gave me the best opportunity possible. Same thing with other, you know, families in my neighborhood. You know, you grew up around me, too, so you know the struggle. But... Um, I was able to join Combat Doe, and the big thing about Combat Doe is that we do like to travel and train. The only hard part is, you know, some of these parents can't afford to take one child, nevertheless, two or three kids with them to, to for these tournaments. So what I decided to do is, because I've been able to win all the tournaments the kids are doing now, because of the opportunity Cicero and Chicago have given me with donations and stuff like that when I was younger, um, I have my own company, Team Shorty, which is JoseShortyTours.com, and I sell my little apparel, which I have one of my, yeah, I got a little hair there, but one of my shirts on now, and I have you know a lot more shirts uh, and a hoodie. But what I want to do is starting this week and all the way up until the tournament, 20% of all the earnings will go to the kids, teens, and adults who train or who are going from Combat Doe to the IKF uh, tournament wow. at the end of uh, July. And it's, it's not going to be much, but you know it's something where I'm trying to help my community as well, you know, because it's... Again, I know the struggle. I know how it is. We're actually doing a can drive this weekend where the kids stand out. You know, the kids, teens, and adults all stand out for hours, you know, in the town of Cicero with permits in their hand. But, you know, with their belts, you know, whatever trophies and medals they have, and just hold a can out and hoping that people donate. Oh. You know, it's, it's cool. Like, it, the town helps a lot. But, 
I remember being a kid, I got a lot of money from it, but I was out there eight hours a day, even at times when it was raining. I'm, you know, 16 years old. I shouldn't be out there, you know, for so many, you know, hours of the day, mainly in sometimes a a bad neighborhood or a bad time in the neighborhood. So, um, yeah, I want to be able to help the kids as much as possible. That's phenomenal. I could could speak personally to you said, you know, Combat Doe uh, team led by Bob Shermer out of Cicero here in the Chicago area. You guys like that compete mm-hmm. that's 100% true back when I was 15 and we started I started training jiu-jitsu it was 1999 there now there's a million schools right there's all over right back then there was uh, uh my coach uh it was combat doe mm-hmm. uh our friends the reds of had their had their school and that was it <laughs> like that was it and 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 combat doe people competed uh probably more than anyone uh, they you guys hosted more tournaments than anyone making mm-hmm. that available for other people like these are from from young kids on these are hungry driven disciplined people and for you to be doing something for them is awesome an alternative to you know alternative to to these these disciplined kids trying to do something good with their life having to 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 hold cans out there like you did buy some really awesome gear the shirt is really sharp you You know be a part of something really cool with a high level pro fighter and support that that's that's awesome that's wonderful that's cool i didn't know you were doing that i'm really glad i'm going to pick up a couple myself for sure after the show it definitely means a lot and people are like oh you're trying to trying to promote your 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 shirts you're trying to make money off this i'm like dude <laughs> i'm not making anything like i have to pay more than half to the guy making shirts and he runs my website he sends everything out so i'm just like you know, i'm doing that then i'll give 20 percent to kids it's like you're in a sense taking my gas money kids like, <laughs> you know, yeah i'm just trying to help and do my thing it's if i have enough money to live that's all i care about mm. you know i'm trying to yes i'd love to promote my website and that helps me but you know the kids are helping me back and giving me the opportunity to let that's them cool. you know in a sense sponsor give this fundraise to them and I know it helps them because again, I was that teenager that struggled making money, you know. So it's it's a it's a cool thing, man. Um, really I'm awesome. just really happy that the kids want to do it. They're supporting of it, and uh, you know, they do, they're actually for people in Cicero. They're doing the can drive pretty much all around Cermak and all around the town mm-hmm. of Cicero. So if you see kids around uh, Saturday and Sunday with a can, you know, give them give them a dollar or two, please, because it it really does go a long way. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for th- actually that can drive. I wanted to went to uh, the IKF and won one of my first belts and wow. and to keep on doing. I've been able to travel to the Czech Republic, uh, you know, uh, Brazil, and just all around the world to compete at these tournaments. Wow. Florida being one of them, and it's it's a huge opportunity. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have gotten this. And for those of you who don't uh, aren't as familiar with uh, Jose Shorty Torres, um, you also I remember this from last time. You also went, if people buy the shirts and you take pictures, you mm-hmm. share. it reshared yeah. on social media oh, that's cool so that's a cool way to see somebody who's a future ufc champion you can you know go back and find that tweet when he shared that picture of you wearing the jose Torre Torre shirt and also he will know how long you've been a fan <laughs> that's right because Very he changes true. the shirts after in between every fight yeah. so they never make up again so i'm just like you know what i want to see who has like the og shirts after <laughs> right. so long and it it Again, I'd say Team Shorty. I don't say it's just me. You know, even though I go in there by myself, if it weren't for the good and bad, you know, um, the pretty and the ugly, and, and so many things around my life where people helping me out or people putting me down or what's, you know, everyone's helped me along the way in some sort of way. And that's why I say, you know, we can, we will together. We are Team Shorty because if it weren't for anyone, I wouldn't be where I'm at today, mainly with the donations and, and the important people in my life, which everyone knows who they are. You know, it's everyone's played a big role, and that's why I say we are Team Shorty, and that's what I want to do. Same thing for the kids. If you know, if I'm not meant to be the the UFC champion one day, then hey, so be it. I tried, and I was given the opportunity by you guys. I wasn't afraid to. You know, I went over my fears and you know tried to go for it. Didn't try, but what I'm doing now, maybe I'm not supposed to be the champion. Maybe these kids are going to be the champion one day. You know, so I want to give every single person that type of opportunity. You know, so it's it's a cool thing. Plus, the kids actually we stay there for like three more days. 
Um, and we're going to go to like Universal Studios and Disneyland and Disney World. And it's, I mean, I don't know how many times you traveled when you were a kid and a teenager, but I didn't, I didn't travel much. I actually went to, I went to Six Flags twice and that's only like 40 <laughs> minutes away from my house. And I actually went to Six Flags for 10 minutes because my dad didn't want to wait in line. He goes, we got to pay this money to wait in line. Let's go home. I was like, oh, bye rides. Like, you know, so. You um, can't take the dream away from me. That's how it was. My dad was like, we have to pay to wait in line? This is dumb. We're going home. I was like, oh, well, that ride looked cool, you know. Um, so, so you're going with the kids or you're coaching them. At, yeah. At, wow, okay. So you're this, really. This is all, I'm, you know, I'm funding myself. I don't get paid from the kids. Mm. I, you know, I'm just. I'm a coach you know, for the mm. team, and uh, so I'm going out there through my own expenses, and I'm just also trying to donate to these kids. Again, I want to help as much as possible, and I have a little money from Titan FC and, and KHK helping me out. Um, it's not much, but again, if I'm able to live, then so be it. I'm happy mm. enough. I was happy with no money. I'm, like, I'm happy with a little money now. <laughs> now. Now I'm not a native Chicagoan. Uh, it's my adopted home, but the there's so much loyalty, I think, to, from like Chicago people to the communities. Like with what you're doing, um, Curtis Blades, who I know you're close with, he's, we've talked to him before. He's um, come back and worked with uh, high school wrestlers that he's close with to, to help coach them. And, you know, what was it, state finals or something yeah. he was talking about? Yeah. Um, even people like Chance the Rapper, who's like, you know, in the, his award speech recently, he talked about wanting to, like, help in Chicago and certain things. What, what is it about Chicago that just kind of brings that out in the people? You know, it's, you know, it's mainly the people who struggle in different neighborhoods. But there's, there's two types of people, and sadly, there's more of one, which is the people who sadly hate on everyone else. You know, it's, you get somebody, like, coming up, and you're like, nah, they're not going to make it, boo, you know, whatever. But then they see them, they're like, oh, yeah, good luck, yeah, <laughs> they're not going to make it. And then you get some of those, you know, few that actually want to help. And, you know, it's not that they don't care that they don't make it. But they go, hey, if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I want to help other people try to make it. You know, because I know everyone has a type of goal. It doesn't matter if it's fighting or whatever the case may be. I want to help in any type of way. You know, so yeah, I've always wanted to be a big brother father, and I know so many people like Curtis Blades is the same way. We just want to help people, and we know the struggle, and we wish we had, a, in a sense, that person to guide us, and we didn't have that. So it's like, you know what? We want to be a big brother to everyone else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you might not be like us, but, hey, if you can find your own little way, then do so. Mm -hmm. And I say the same for me is, you know, I might be a two-time world champion now, but look what I've done. Hell, you could probably do it at three fights or four fights, and you can probably do it fast. Like, I'd love for you to do it fast. That's <laughs> awesome, you know? So um, I'm not a person to try to hold anyone back, mainly if they're competing with me. It's just, again, I'm just trying to help people, and that's how I feel everything should be in life. You see some kids in the gym, and you're like, this kid's going to be a big deal. Like, he's going to make it. Yeah, I'm always like, I like this kid. You, I don't like you. <laughs> that kid's good. What do you look for in people you train? I mean, it, obviously, physical gifts that when they're, I mean, obvious, like, man, that. That guy's got some zip on him or whatever, but are there other traits, other things you see? Um, not even just become like, hey, I want to be a successful pro fighter, but just this guy can do something. This guy or this girl can can do something. They can, they, you know, they they can actually do something with their with these with this athleticism or with, with the sport. Well, it's it's crazy because you know at Combat Doe we do teach everything you know wrestling, jujitsu, and different you know so many combative sports. So when kids go to high school, they either just eventually stick in wrestling, or some guys are like, oh, I'm not much in MMA. I want to be a boxer or mm. a kickboxer. So everyone slowly transitions to their own little respected sport. But um, I don't know, man. It's it's really their motivation to it, and then just how much they like it. Mm. You know, I've noticed at least for me and some of the kids at Combat Doe, I'm not going to do it if it's not fun, you know, and I'm not going to. I'm going to stop if it gets boring or if I just don't like it anymore. So even for the kids at Kamado and I teach, I try to make it as fun as possible. If they like it, they like it. Cool. And throughout you know, the way of, of just martial arts, if they don't want to fight, hey, man, I'm not going to force you to fight. That would be cool, but at least you know how to def uh, defend yeah. yourself. And then, two, 
it might have made you more disciplined in life. Mm. It might have made you more responsible because combat dough did save my life. If it wasn't for combat dough, I wouldn't have gotten off the streets. I wouldn't have became the person I am today. I've gone to college and, and done so many things, mainly, you know, these two belts and mm. be talking to you guys and, you know, and so on and so on. So uh, I'm doing my thing, but combat dough has helped a lot. And I'm hoping that with this donation run and so many more, you know, soon to be, I just want to help as much as possible <laughs> and see if we can inspire people throughout that. It's cool what you said about enjoying it. I'm paraphrasing, but Marcelo Garcia, who is one of the best submission grapplers you know ever, he has a quote. People ask him like, "Oh, you know, what's the key to your success? Like, mm-hmm. how did you become so great?" He's like, "I, he's like, honestly, I'm not better at this than anyone. I just love jujitsu more than everyone. Like, he's like, I know that about myself. I love jujitsu more than anyone, and that's." And so when you hear, then you, you go deeper and you hear how he moved when he was like 15 from one city to another to just to be at a jiu-jitsu camp and he slept there and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So you're right, like loving something goes a long way because if you love it, you'll do it. You'll yeah. be consistent, you'll work hard. I mean, it just, it makes you want to do it more. Yeah. You know, whatever it may be, watching movies, going out, you know, anything. It, like, it just makes you want to do it more. Mm. For me, it just so happened to be in the athletic side of punching people in the face. <laughs> you know, I just like punching people in the face. I want to do it more. Yeah, so, and the cool thing for me, I've always wanted that's to be a hero. That's why you're sitting in the middle. Yeah. That's why <laughs> so he was smart. He picked this side. <laughs> but, uh, he, you know, I've always wanted to be a hero. And this way, I didn't mm. know that MMA inspired people so much. They're like, dude, I remember you from the neighborhood. You know, like, that's mm. awesome. You're doing your thing. You know, I want to get up and do whatever I'm doing, too. It's like that's awesome you know so it's it's real cool and trying to get back as much as possible i'm trying to use whatever name i do have to you know help other people as well get their own names that's great work it's uh i tweeted out the link if you're if you're listening later you can find it on our twitter at extra rounds or um i'm sure it's linked in the bio of your twitter yeah. account at shorty torres and, um, and it's also in the comments below at sports illustrated mma facebook page um if you're watching live and you want to go buy a shirt? I'm I'm a big fan of the softball tee. Yeah, yeah I like it a lot. I like this one. We'll I got the white yeah, one. I got the gray one. And who designs the shirts? Um, I got a guy uh, named Ulysses Salcedo. Uh, he I believe runs Valor Prince, and then he has his own uh, shirt brand called Rise and Revolt. And I sell everything off of his website. So if you click, it'll link over to his mm. website. Um, but he does you know everything for me. He actually ships out everything. And you know another guy from the Chicago neighborhood. I think he was out of like Little Village Cicero around the area oh, too. Well. So, you know, we all pretty much grew up with the same people. We just didn't know each other. You know, he was a little older. So it's it's real cool eventually networking and finding out you kind of know these people and you've known them pretty much your whole mm-hmm. life, just never met them. You know? <laughs> so uh, uh, it's, it's cool. We're all in a sense a, a real giant team and family. Sounds like an incredible trip. He, he actually, so I have, the shirts are created by, uh, the logo itself is created by the Reup and Epifanio. Mm-hmm. Um, he creates the logos and then you know, the Rise of Revolt, you know, Ulysses creates all the shirts and he picks out all the shirts, materials. So I actually never question both of them. I'm just mm. like, cool, I like it. I have no sense of style. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, I'll be super picky. I'll, like, that's why I don't have tattoos. Because yeah. I right. know after, I'm like, oh man, this is a little crooked. Can we? Yeah. Well, I'll see somebody with like a different style tattoo. I'm like, ah, oh, damn, his looks better. <laughs> Can we go over? <laughs> My thing's like, I always, when it comes to tattoos, I'm always like, oh, that would be really cool. And then like a week later, I'm like, I don't know, would that be cool? Yeah. And then it's like, I'm hedging. I'm like, oh, that's why I'll never get a tattoo. Dude, I can don't never, get it then, yeah. No. I'll never <laughs> settle on anything. That's Plus, if best. I get a tattoo, I'm going all out. I'll probably look like Lou by the end of the day. I'm just like <laughs> yeah, neck right. down tattoos. Yeah. He is pretty covered up. I'm also afraid of needles. I'm not even afraid to admit that. So <laughs> that would be like a big hurdle They're for me as well. For some reason, actually, for some reason, I've always liked needles. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to get mad. I'd go to the dentist and I was like, oh, no shot today? <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> All right, going home. It's definitely <laughs> the first time I've ever heard someone say that. Yeah, I was, <laughs> I was that guy. Was like, most people be like, what, no free toothbrush? I'm yeah, right. Home. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, that's cool. I'm really going to get my shirt uh, after we get off the air. That's awesome, man. I appreciate it, that's man. All, that's really cool. That's really cool. You got to keep us posted on uh, how, the, how the trip goes, how the kids do yeah, out there and, and all that. It's it's cool. We actually have a really good team, and there's when you were talking about the talent, mm. like how do you notice? There's there's natural talent, and there's natural talent with skill, like mm. just kids who are like a sponge, you know. And there's I, I can't remember his name. I don't believe I've ever asked, but there's one kid, man. He just I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, we're all doing the same combinations. And they're you know they're kids. They're new. There's not going to be much technique, but as long as they get their hands up and start doing it, eventually they'll come. And there's just one kid, man. He's like, okay, cool. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. and you're like, whoa, <laughs> everybody stop. Watch this. This is awesome. You know, and I'm just like, oh. And the crazy thing was, um, well, I, I have them do a straight line, so I'll move backwards doing the combination. And so I have the kids walking forward, uh, kind of like integrating my style into mm. it. And uh, I went to go pet him on the head, like, hey, man, good job. And I went to go pet him, and he ducked under and was just like this. And I was like, whoa, I like you. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. So it's real cool because Master Stay Bob, ready. Master for people who know my fight style, I get punched in the face a lot. So Master Bob used to smack the hell out of me when we were younger. He would like walk behind me and I'd see him and he'd be like, Whoosh! and dude, it always caught me off guard. So like now I'm like, yeah, like I'm always like this around Master Bob, like just never know when it's gonna happen. So I don't know if he's slapping these kids too, but I'm just like, all right, man, you have a good day. And he's like, whoa, like, good job. That's awesome. Well, before we let you go uh, and you can get on with the rest of your day, what's in the immediate future for you? Are you just kind of waiting to, for the hand to heal and then it's a Titan fight or are you still holding out hope that it's gonna be in the UFC? Well, the funny thing about that is now a bunch of Bantamweight guys are calling me out, which, hey, cool. Like, I'm the top dog technically, technically now, so I'm like, yeah. Two know? divisions. Everyone's going for the short guy. Cool. <laughs> like, this is different. But um, everyone's like, oh, man, I bet you're scared to fight me August 18th. I'm like, I'm not scared. I'm injured. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> but until then, screw yourself. <laughs> like, um, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to do my thing right now, trying to stay active. I'm actually getting back into a decent shape because I can't run yet because mm. of my MCL. Like, even though the doctor's like, even though you can, doesn't mean you should. No, you know? and, right. and that's also my fiance saying that to me a lot. <laughs> listen to both. She knows best. Yeah. Listen to both. Which I don't know which one I should listen to more. <laughs> they're both up there. Um, but yeah, I, I can't do certain things. So I, I just jump rope, uh, swim, and I just, you know, send the sauna. So I'm just, just trying to relax, maintain my weight right now, and uh, hopefully start training again in August. Sweet. And then maybe uh, fight at the end of September, if not more than likely October. And then if I'm healthy enough, I'd like to get one more fight in December so I can make it four fights for the year, mm-hmm. um, and of at least 2017. But you know, until then, I'm just you know got to be able to squeeze my hand. I'm close to it. Just that one little finger doesn't want to go down. And then uh, you know, my knee, I can't really. I can do squats. I can bend, but after a while, there's certain pain. I'll mm-hmm. give out. Um, which is funny. I don't know if people saw my picture on Instagram. Trust me, roam my Instagram. Troll it. It's hilarious. Like I put, I put pictures of me getting punched in the face. You know, like usually it's the opposite. Like everyone wants to promote them, and like there's one picture I still have to post, and it's like me like this, and I'm just like name that defense, like name that Pokemon. Like you just don't know, you don't know what it is. You know, it's just like what are you, what are you doing? Or like there's one picture where I'm like this trying to block, but the punch has landed straight in my face. You know, um, I have a lot of fun with my posts, but one of them, my hand was split in half, but instead of having just a needle and then like a pin to keep the bone straight, my whole hand is full of titanium, or my metacarp was full of titanium because the whole thing shattered. So the more I punched it, the more it broke. We didn't know that until we opened it up for surgery. It gave the space and just, you know, shattered. Um, 
and like it looks like I have a fidget spinner in my hand. So there's, there's actually a picture of that, and there's also a, a fidget spinner. That sometimes kind of looks like something else. So look at it. It's it's pretty funny. The doctors the doctors trolled me, but uh, yeah, I have fun, man. So please, guys, you know, support me. Jose Shorty tours everything, and definitely the website supports the kids a lot. And it really does mean a lot. Again, you send me your picture. I don't just promote for me and just you know saying like, hey man, thank you for supporting Team Shorty. But now you're technically supporting the kids, mm-hmm. you know, not not just the kids of Combat Doe, but kids that might be around the world, you know, helping out because that's what I want to do is eventually pick up this 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 business, this name so much that it's not for me. It's to help other people as well. You know, and again, I'm just another shorty, shorty trying to come up. There's not that many people in the world, let alone MMA, who use their name. I think for for good and for especially for kids uh, in to, need. Man. So. I think it's a uh, really something spectacular that yeah, you're I appreciate doing. It. Thank you. I'm trying my best, and it's it's hard because <laughs> I have all these goals and ideas. But just like anything, it's it's hard to start. But um, you know, soon enough, I'm just hoping for Chicago support. Now I actually have international shipping, so everyone watching Sweet. around the world, it can be shipped overseas. So yay! Um, which I've been getting so many complaints about that. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um, you know, I appreciate it, guys. I just it really does mean a lot that my name's known across the world. Thank you, King Love Communications. Rest in peace. But you know, it's it's amazing to know that everyone supports me. And it, again, if it wasn't for you, um, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So again, we can, you know, um, we will together. We are Team Shorty. Before we go, anything else? No, yeah. that can't end it better than that. Just uh, the two links for both Jose Shorty com and for Brian Levick's GoFundMe are in the, the Facebook page in the comments. So you can find those links there. We've also tweeted them out. Um, so you can go to either uh, at extra rounds at Mike Dice at Shorty Torres and find those links as well at Shorty Torres one two five. But thank you everybody for tuning in uh, for another episode of the Extra Rounds podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday.